Welcome back to Square Horror. I am your Duke of Spook, Danny. I am the Master of Scaramonies, Matt. Uh, Danny, are you ready to get lost in the fucking woods? Bro, we're so lost, man. We're lost. I, know, I can't even read maps and I'm lost. <laughs> God, man. Okay, Blair Witch Project. I feel like if you... Like, like, okay, we're doing the show for squares, right? You know, we're, we're counting on mm -hmm. the fact that a lot of our audience may not know a lot about horror. Blair Witch Correct. Project is uh, up there with, like, The Shining. It's, like, it's not just a movie, like, a horror movie that trans, like, it completely changed the landscape of horror. It did that with just filmmaking. And yeah. And, like, this is up there with one of those where, like, it, it's just so big. And I feel like ending our Growing Up series with this is, like, the crown jewel like, this is a big one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and this is turn-of-the-century horror. This was the first movie yeah, that defined the 2000s. Horror. Yeah, real scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 1900s horror was something else, man. No, but, yeah, you're very right. I'm sorry to cut you off with that. No, you're all good. <laughs> so, there's... Uh, yeah, no, you were saying about uh, 21st century or turn-of-the-century horror. So yeah, this felt like it was bringing in the new century with a new style of filmmaking with horror. Specifically, this was the f what I would say is the first majorly successful found footage horror movie. It was the yeah. first one to do it well, and it was the first one to make bank doing it. Right, and I think, and we'll get into it with when we get to kind of how this movie got made, but... One of the biggest things about this being a found footage movie is, like, we there's plenty of found footage movies out there now. A lot of them are good. Mm -hmm. Some of them are not. Um, but there's mm -hmm. a lot of them. And one thing that I feel like none of them have done since Blair Witch is they actually made an effort to make it feel real. Yeah. Um, yeah, so with, with doing that, Pretty much everything in this film is improvised on screen for you. Everything was happening as they were shooting. They didn't have a script to go off of like future found footage movies would, where it takes away some of the realism of how these characters could act with, interact with each other. This right. one was just the actors having to go off of pure instinct of being a person if they were in these situations. It's so terrifying, too, because... Those actors, actors, if we can, I mean, they are actors, but the characters mm -hmm. in the movie are those actors. Like, they mm -hmm. are, they have the same names. Like, it, you know, so theoretically, you know, when we get into the viral marketing of this, it was plausible that someone could believe, and, and plenty of people did, that these were real people that went missing and that what you were seeing was something, you know, it, it was something real, that you were watching mm -hmm. these people die. Yeah. Um, so, for those that may not know the Blair Witch Project, uh, in a, in a essentially thing, in October of 1994, three student filmmakers disappeared in the woods near Burkittsville, Maryland, formerly Blair, Maryland, while shooting a documentary. A year later, this footage was found. Bum, 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 bum. It really, they do not tell you what is going on. Like, this mm -hmm. movie is one of those where going in blind is so... It, it adds to it. It adds to it so much to not know oh, yeah. what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. 
but it, it was also famously the movie that was so scary that Stephen King couldn't finish it because he was so scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Stephen King has made plenty of things that have driven people's nightmares for decades. So when he says something is scary, it, like it's on another level. Like it has to mm-hmm. do something to you more more than just scare you. It has to really, really unnerve you. And the whole presentation of the movie itself, I think, was was why it did that. Yeah. Um, I know for a fact back in the 90s when this came out, um, I was talking to uh, one of my professors the other day, uh, specifically watching this movie back then. She was one of those people that believed this was real. You know, mm-hmm. it was something that was, like, not a very widely publicized uh, release you know it was a student film so it's at film festivals so for all intents and purposes this was someone who had found this footage and then reworked it into seeming like a movie to just mm-hmm. tell people what happened to these real people that went missing yeah so people believed this i know my parents uh even if, whether they believed it or not when they watched this movie i was a baby and they mm-hmm. had, you know, put me in another room, probably took a nap, and they, you know, they had gotten it from Blockbuster. Uh, and Good old Blockbuster down, back in the day. Right? Yeah, and they're like, well, it's the middle of the day, the windows are open, uh, the sun is out, let's watch this movie. And it still terrified the fuck out of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that there's been a lot of people, like, growing up, um, with the found footage genre, they kind of think a lot of it's schlocky too. And I feel like we should address that. Like, there's, you're not going to find anything like that in this movie. Correct. Yeah, this one. Uh, part of what makes this one really different, like I was mentioning earlier, is these characters aren't going off of a script, so it can't be schlocky. All of these are very real reactions that people would have to whatever they're experiencing because the actors weren't given even an outline of the story. They were given a 35 page outline of the mythology of the Blair Witch itself. And then everything they did in the movie was completely improvised. They were essentially given directions of where to go to each of their next camps, but everything that happened along the way was real to them. Nothing was revealed to them ahead of time. That's so creepy. Because it really is just, like, this could be real. Like, we could be feeding you to this thing also. Yeah. Um, did they and completely because... make up the uh, urban legend? Do you know that? They did, yes. They did. Um, oh, wow. People, people were ready to, like, look into what the Blair Witch was after this movie came out, only to then <laughs> find out that it was completely made up. <laughs> Aw, that sucks. They're like, oh, shit, let's fucking <laughs> find it. Oh, it's fake damn it <laughs> oh man um but because of this the audition process for this movie was a little different because in most movies they give you the script to read off of and work with a reader but instead they basically had to go through like an improv class for a day um and they would be asked questions and one that they've talked about because they use one of the actors answers as to why they would cast her um, was they asked Heather Donahue in her audition, um, you've been served 10, or you have served 10 years of a 25-year prison sentence. Tell us why you should be due for parole. And she just responded, I don't think you should. 
<laughs> and that's oh, what it took man. to get her remembered so she would be a part of this movie. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I mean, she's got to be memorable, I guess, right? I would say it's, it's a very real thing for someone, especially because as the movie goes on, we see Heather's guilt. I think it's important that they found someone really early on who was able to have this, like, different moral ground. That's true. And I think that that's interesting to to see, too, is I wonder if they deliberately looked for people that they might ha- that might have these type of personality quirks and personality traits that, like, when you put them together, this is how they are with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like uh, I-, I know that there's... um staff psychologists uh that mtv hires to cast their reality shows so it's like all of the things you need to do to help like to build a group therapy like a cohesive group therapy like the type of people that you don't add in because they would like harm group cohesion Mm -hmm. for reality shows they just do the opposite they're like let's just put all the people together that we know we're gonna hate each other like what we used to talk about with hell's kitchen yes i've just been rewatching it too yeah, <laughs> of course. But yeah, they, they, they will deliberately cast people that they're like, we know that this is going to cause problems. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to cause problems with each other. Uh, and for this movie, it's almost like we need them to have to, 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 to deteriorate, but they mm-hmm. need to be able to still go through something together. Because throughout all this movie, everyone has problems with everybody, but they're still able to give a shit enough to like want to go find them when they go missing in the woods mm-hmm. yeah um. um dude aside from the viral marketing thing and i know you were asking me about this before we started that's all i have for the outline okay so, awesome like i i really did not have many notes during this movie because mm-hmm. i watched it in the middle of the night everyone was asleep I was alone in the basement and the pitch darkness and I turned this movie on. Um, but it, it was just like, I was in the mood for it and mm-hmm. I was captivated every single second and legitimately terrified. Even though I know, like, even though I knew how the movie was going to progress, it had been so long and I forgot mm-hmm. all of these human elements. So like, I really didn't have a whole lot. Um, yeah because it it really is like i mean it's not that i didn't remember anything but like it's just like i didn't have a thing to say about it because it was just Mm -hmm. horrifying yeah well that's one thing that i kind of am sad i don't have a physical copy of this movie for because when you have the dvd you don't even get like the production company logos before the movie starts you just start the movie on streaming services like i watched it on hbo max um, which too. is one of the streaming services it's currently streaming on as of this recording. Yeah, all of this, um, all the Blair Witch movies are on there, by the way. Uh, there is a yes. sequel to this movie, and there is like a semi sort of like requel or like just a modern sequel, um, and mm-hmm. all of them are on there. And I think I'm going to have to check them out now. Yeah, I've been wanting to check out the 2016 one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sadly, the movie does have the production companies into it. It doesn't really take you out of it because it's before the movie starts. Um, I just mm-hmm. wish it would just start the movie, but that's just yeah. me. <laughs> no, nah, I get it. I absolutely get it for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Because it does add, add to that like immersion aspect of it. 
Um, yeah. But, uh, and because of that, and I know we touched on it a little bit, but like, this is probably like the best found footage movie just because it's actually supposed to be real found footage. It actually mm-hmm. makes sense that it could be real. Like when they do yeah. start out and, and they're explaining what they're going to be doing. So they would have a lot of cameras on to document the documentary because documentarians do that all the time. It adds like mm-hmm. why they're, you know, it's like, well, yeah, we have B roll uh, for the, for the, the documentary you know they have a lot of battery power because they expect to be filming for days so it makes sense that their mm-hmm. cameras don't just die um yeah the reality that it's very easy in this country in fact despite what heather says uh to get lost in the woods um yeah. and the reality <laughs> of how scary that can be especially if you don't know where you are and you don't know where you're going mm-hmm. yeah um, but for that too like this place, like, it, it's in Maryland. It's, like, in kind of, like, it's probably in, like, the steps of, like, the Smoky Mountains in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it could be anywhere in America. Like, we talked about it a little bit with, like, urban legend. But, like, these local, like, mythologies that spring up, especially around America and especially on, like, the East Coast, they mm-hmm. get cryptically dark very quickly. And a lot of truth ends up showing up in uh, several of these. Yeah. Like, uh, what's that, that, that rock that they go to where, um, a couple of, uh, hunters had, uh, come across this rock on the other side of a stream. And it's like a, like a big piece of slate, uh, mm-hmm. jutting out. So it's maybe like the width, I don't know, like a, you know, someone's average bedroom. And, uh, they came across it and they found like half a dozen brutally like mutilated, murdered bodies on this mm-hmm. rock. And they, you know, shit their pants. And then they went to go find help, and they came back, and it was there was no sign of anything. Yeah, they were all gone. Right. And, I mean, I don't know what that has to do with the Blair Witch, especially in the lore of the movie, but that's a horrifying story. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that would fuck with you. Oh, absolutely. What, like, I mean, for me, that was when it started, the edge started to come in. But, like, what did you think about those interviews we were kind of talking about uh, at the beginning of the show before we recorded? Yeah. Um, well, I think they're, I think it's really interesting because they all have, like, different takes on the Blair Witch within their stories, which I feel like is just very real as to how, um, how, like, these myth these myths in small towns go everyone will hear a different story that will and pass down for generations mm-hmm. um which was also fun because i found out that um one of the people they interviewed wasn't an actor they hired for the movie it was just somebody who decided to come up with a story on the spot and then they tried older to guy I I don't remember which one it, they said it was, but they had to like try to find them to get them to sign a release waiver to be in the movie, and they couldn't find the person. So they were just like, "Well, I guess we're gonna do it anyway. We're just gonna keep them in." I bet he's gonna be fine with it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if they came up with this whole story about a Blair Witch that they had never heard of before, I'm sure they're okay. Because I feel like it was the dude who told them the whole story about the uh, the man who would live in the woods and he would come down and, like, abduct children in, like, groups. Mm-hmm. And he would bring them into this weird house he lived in in twos. He'd bring them down to the basement. Uh, and he mm-hmm. would have one of them stand in the corner facing the wall while he murdered the other one in the same room before he killed the other one. 
And, like, yeah. if he came up with that, first of all, holy shit. And second of all, like, that means that they then completely changed the plot of the movie to go with this guy's story. I was going to say, I think it was it was one of the women they interviewed that did it. Because, yeah, oh, if someone the... else had come up with that ending, that would have been fucking insane. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, that's a horrifying ending and is so iconic because that we'll get to it when we get to that horrifying ending uh that i mean that's just kind of how it ends too it's a very sudden ending Mm -hmm. uh but so i mean this whole documentary crew is trying to make this documentary on something called the blair witch which i don't even know if they straight up identify is like a person or if it's just a bunch of weird shit that this name keeps getting caught up in. Um, but it's kind of this, like, nebulous thing that they're making this documentary about. And before they fully understand what or how they're going to investigate it, they kind of just waltz into the woods to find some creepy children's cemetery that's, like, way, way, way off-road. And, mm-hmm. of course, they get lost. Yep. Danny, have you ever been lost in the woods before? I haven't because uh, I wouldn't let myself get lost in the woods because I'm already scared of the woods. You're scared like, there's of just the so... woods. Bro, there's so much shit that could kill you out there in the world. I am already a fragile person. I'll stick to my horrors in movies. Thank you. Do you... Uh, I'm going to have to send this to you then because I really want to give you nightmares. Um, but there's a oh, collection great. of uh, YouTube <laughs> stories that come from a guy who's a search and rescue officer for the national park service. And the stuff that like he, the stories he tells Danny are like on par with how scary this movie is because it's just weird shit, unexplainable stuff. And it's horrifying. Mm -hmm. And there's like hours of these stories. Jesus. Yeah, no, I I haven't been lost in the woods. I stay on, I stay on the trails because uh, I don't have survival training to live in the woods for a week. I know Nobody, myself I mean, <laughs> better than that. I don't either. So, but I mean, I would I, the I also have to ask myself like what kind of people would be willing to sign up for a documentary that was just straight up hiking. Like that improv class must have also been like I really hope you like being cold, wet and hungry in the woods. Well, and I'm I'm actually glad you mentioned that because in their contract they signed when they agreed to do this movie, they essentially had to sign a release that w- allowed the production company and like the people who were involved with making it to mess with their heads in any ways they seemed necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, because like one of the ways they did that is as the week went on because they filmed this over eight days. They filmed it roughly in real time. That's um, nuts. But they would give them less and less food every day, so they would get more irritable with each other, as well as with the situation they were in. Yeah. Which, to me, is brilliant, but also, as an actor, I would fucking hate that. Yeah, that would be so crabby. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I do love that it really let them do whatever they wanted to make these real reactions that they wanted out of their movie very real. Because they ended up filming, like I said, for eight days. The first cut of this movie was about two and a half hours long until they essentially sliced it in half to leave just what'll 
effectively tell the story in the most succinct way possible. Wow. Well, and that bit about the crew uh, messing with them, that also goes into it later on, because you know as as the kids get more and more lost they start to get at, i mean they're at each other's throats already but mm-hmm. then like they start to hear weird shit in the woods uh stuff starts to disappear from like their packs people start mm-hmm. to disappear uh and you know it's like people in the woods while you're making a movie about things in the woods fucking with you people are out there fucking with you because mm-hmm. it's it's past the point after a while where they're like, there's no one around, but there's stuff happening. It's not yeah. people. It's something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, that just that one bit that that was stuck with me uh, is so after they come across that children's cemetery, um, there's a bunch of like these piles of rocks there, and mm-hmm. uh, I believe Mike, Mike is the guy that kicks it over, right? I think so, yeah. What's the other guy's name? Because then Mike's... It's Mike and Josh? Josh, you're right. No, I thought it... No, maybe it was Josh that... Because he's the one that goes missing first. Right? He's that blonde guy. Uh, he's the one that actually is kind of on Heather's side with, like, reading the map. I thought Mike was a yeah. guy straight up can't read maps. Because I'm like... I mean, yeah, it's a map, but, like... You're just an idiot, right, Mike? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think but, it was Josh, because Josh is the one who gets pulled away. Yes. I'm fairly so certain. Josh, like, disturbs one of these graves, either on purpose or on accident. And mm-hmm. before, I mean, he is actively targeted. He, 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 they, they wake up, and, like, all of his bags are outside, and all the shit's all over the ground. Um, mm-hmm. when there's people in the woods, like, he can only hear them. Um, and then the creepiest bit of all, like, w- imagine waking up and, like, in the middle of the night, someone, like, stacked a bunch of piles of rocks around your, your like, whole tent. But they Oh, but not up... just a bunch. It's no. a perfect trinity. Exactly. But that's what's so scary is, like, they woke up and right in front of the the flap of their tent were three piles of rocks like mm-hmm. gravestones could you imagine waking up at like to your graves gravestones that's fucking scary that's shit. the worst way to wake up i think because like they knew what it meant like it was sending a message and they were like oh no this is fucked up this is not good for us yeah like and I imagine, like, going through this whole thing with each other, um, after a while, you're, like, as pissed off as your characters are supposed to get with each other, you're, like, legitimately start to get scared. Like, when mm-hmm. they have that moment after they, like, lose the map, and they're like, listen, we're so lost right now. Like, whosoever faulted it, like, it doesn't matter. The point is now, like, we are stupidly lost. We're going to be missing, and someone's, like, looking for us. But, mm-hmm. like, we... Like, we need to straight up, like, have all these meetings where we level with each other about, like, what's happening. Mm-hmm. They're like, look, a ghost is hunting us. I know it's weird, but, like, that's the reality. Now what do we do? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and something that was brought up in the movie that um, that I think is a really interesting thing. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But um, is that 
one of the characters, specifically Heather, is the one who's filming for most of the movie because she was the director of the documentary they were making. Um, and Josh is suggesting that Heather won't stop filming once things get scary because it's the only way for her to like separate herself from the reality of the fear she's in is if yeah. she's thinking it's still a part of the movie that she's trying to make and not the reality that surrounds her anymore. Yeah, like, that totally adds into, like, if someone's like, okay, well, no one would ever actually release a movie about people that died, like, that was mm-hmm. real, that's, I mean, that's a realistic response to yeah. being completely helplessly terrified. Like, that could have happened, and someone just could have found this footage, literally found footage, mm-hmm. edited it together, and released it to be like, this is what these people, this is what happened to these people, and they would want you to know what happened to them, because they're missing. Yeah. That's so, like, it's the perfect storm and the perfect mix, and it's so crazy that this was, like, the first time that someone did this. It's like, someone had yeah. this as an idea, and it completely nailed it. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, they did it really well. They worked on this, much like Evil Dead early in it, earlier in the horror world, this movie was made for essentially buttons off a coat. This movie yeah. was made oh, for yeah. $60,000 in total. Um, that's how that's, much they spent on I mean, that's a lot of money, but like, that's nothing. Like, that's equipment, say, that's locations, that's, you know, paying people to edit it and all of that, paying people to release it, and, like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and the company that released it uh, is Artisan Entertainment that bought the finished movie for just over a million dollars. So there was just over a million dollars spent on this movie in total, and then it made almost a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah, man, it because it's one of the most profitable movies. Because they someone did the math, not me. I won't take credit for that because I don't have the (laughs) math skills to do that. But someone did the math that found out for every dollar that they spent on making the movie for $60,000, they made $11,000 for every dollar they spent. <laughs> hey, that's success. <laughs> that is yeah. money with your art. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. And ironically enough, uh, Miramax was asked if Ooh, they wanted to purchase the movie. Miramax? And you'll never guess which executive from Miramax turned down the movie. Hmm, Harvey Weinstein. Incorrect. Really? It was Jason Blum himself when he was working for Miramax. Turned down um, financing to send this movie out because he didn't think it would be a hit. For those who don't know, Jason Blum later, about eight years later, went on to create the most profitable found footage horror franchise Paranormal activity. Yeah, paranormal activity. Because he's, oh my god, this says so much about him. Okay, so Blumhouse, his production company, is very famous. Like, this is like their brand for making movies like under a million dollars or like a, on a very small budget because they know they can flip horror movies for a huge return. Where the fuck do you think he learned that? From this movie, from his, his first very, biggest yeah. mistake. And his first biggest mistake, he then quickly rewrote the Blair Witch Project for the modern 2010s world and made mm-hmm. Paranormal Activity, which 
is the same exact concept where it's made for nothing and it made a stupid amount of money. Mm-hmm. That's so wild. That's crazy. Yeah, that was the craziest bit of information I read about this movie when doing my research. So I had to have it in the episode. That is wild. I can't believe that. Oh my god. And that's and that's so cool considering like when you think like okay, we said it was $11,000 a second they spent on making it. Uh, it was a ele- they made 11,000 for every dollar they spent making it. Or every dollar they spent. Oh man, it's like just every single night you're in those woods and you're just like fuck this, I hate this, I've had it. All those times they probably almost quit. And it's just like, dude, no. You're going to make so much money. Yeah. And I don't think those people in the movie, I don't think the cast, like, has gone on to do a whole lot. Do you? So I wasn't able to find much about um, Josh and Mike However, I did see that um, Heather Donahue really struggled to find more acting work after doing this movie. Yes, because I did know she, she had... was been a couple of things, but yeah, she couldn't recover from this. And so in 2008, she retired from acting and she started a career in medical cannabis. So she's probably doing very well right now. <laughs> Oh my god, dude, she's gotta have a strain that's like Blair Witch. <laughs> that's so crazy. I love that. Like it's she's up there now with like the kid that played Danny Torrance, who's like a biology teacher. Or um, Yeah. Who who yeah, that it was the girl from Aliens who was Newt. Uh, she's like a teacher too, like a kindergarten teacher, and then there's just Heather from Blair Witch Project grows weed for people. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, remember in the movie, she's even got that line when they're just like, "Ugh, do you have any weed?" Like the first night when they're in the hotel, and it's just like, oh, "Do we have any weed?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Heather, you will soon. You will have all the weed because of all the <laughs> money you probably made. <laughs> oh my god, that's so crazy, man. I mean, I know that's a bit of a of a tone shift from how scary this movie is to how successful. I mean, that says how scary this movie is. That, like, at mm-hmm. the time, movies didn't make that type of money. Yeah. And especially uh, for, for what horror was at the time. I mean, we've gone over it a lot the last couple of episodes with, you know, slashers in the 90s, early 2000s horror. There was a lot of, like people trying to do artistic stuff for the 2000s but it just wasn't wasn't landing like it looked good and it may have been stylistically cool but the movies weren't engaging they were pretty forgettable there's plenty of horror movies from like 1997 to like 04 that are extraordinarily mm-hmm. forgettable this one could have been like oh it's cool that it's a it's a handheld you know video camera movie but because it's so scary and because people believed it was real that's what mm-hmm. sets it apart because it was just so fucking terrifying. Yeah. Um. So you were talking to me before the show. Um. The last time you watched this was like high school. You were saying. Yeah, probably junior or senior year of high school. So it's been four or five years. God, maybe almost six now. How? Um, I mean, do you remember a lot the first time you watched it? I mean, I I honestly don't remember a lot from the first time I watched this. I just remember 
the biggest thing for this from this movie for me that always sticks with me and I'll never be able to forget is the vibe you have going along with these people while they're truly experiencing the biggest fear of their lives. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, really, like, watching people when they're afraid, like, when they're truly, truly afraid, I don't, I can't really think of many instances where, like, that's captured, like, in a movie, uh, or even just in real life. It, it, there's not many examples that y- you can just find. Um, mm-hmm. But to experience it and see it is so crazy. Like, there's that very famous scene that, I mean, the, it kind of, like, encapsulates and defines, like, the whole movie of uh, after they've been chased through the woods for, like, the umpteenth time by the witch and she's already taken Josh hell knows where. Uh, mm-hmm. Heather's in the woods with her camera and a light, and she's kind of, like, recording a last will and testament to be like, you know, mm-hmm. we came out to do this. We're outside. We're probably not going to make it out. Um, I, I'm i losing my sanity. Like, I, you know, there's just – I don't know what's real anymore. And it's just so horrifying – to watch someone be that realistically terrified. And then the, the mm-hmm. whole like last line where she just shudders and says like, we're going to die out here. And it's like the first time that any one of them has like said that out loud or like admitted that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And something I want to mention is that the three actors in this movie do have one hell of a performance, especially because after the 13 minute mark of this hour and 20 minute movie, you see no one but the three of them for the rest of the movie. Yeah. It is just these three people doing the most to bring you along this journey that would horrify anybody stuck in it. Yeah, I, I mean, I really have to give it up to them. All of them are so convincing. They're very, very, I mean, because you're right, it, it was real for most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's where you get the magic of uh, Jaws uh, is, you know, like a, a lot of the animosity between those characters on the boat when it's just the three of them in like the latter mm-hmm. half of the movie. <clears throat> a lot of that was real, you know, because they were really on a boat and they really were like fucking with each other mm-hmm. um, and pushing each other's buttons. And for Blair Witch to have these guys uh, out there all about like just at each other's throats constantly. None of them have any cigarettes. There's like no more food. They're tired. They're scared. Um, it's raining constantly. Um, the the map's going missing. You know, mm-hmm. Heather is kind of being in her own way of just assuming that she knows what's best. Uh, and just, just, you know, when you're with people, they start to get on your nerves, like just the little ways that they do things, especially if you're just like a very different personality type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, and ironically enough, it sounded like in behind the scenes, there were a lot more arguments that the directors had to, like, take out because it was just getting a little too intense sometimes. So they would just let them happen in smaller doses. Because as you can imagine, if you're with two other people in the woods for a week straight, you're not always going to have the best of times when you're just hiking for six hours. (laughs) Right. <laughs> I mean, I know that any time that I've spent outside for longer than like three hours, I start to not be nice to people. <laughs> uh, so it, I mean, to have everybody go in and out and 
to still be friends after the fact, I think that's really cool that they can be like, well, not many people have gone through this experience together. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for whatever it was, like, we knew it was, like, not real, and we knew we were just making a movie, but, like, you know, the shit that I, like, I was pissed at you when we were camping out in the woods for eight days, but, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean, like, you're not a good person. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to talk about uh, the ending of this movie? Let, let's get into it. Let's let's do this. Um, okay. However, I will say, if anyone who's listening to this has not seen this movie, please turn off the podcast until you yeah. have. Like we're we're obviously huge advocates that you listen to our show, but I will make that take a backseat because it is more important <laughs> for you to experience the ending of this movie for the first time, completely unspoiled. And I think that goes for this movie, too. I mean, this isn't going to be a very long episode because, honestly, like, we can say how abjectly horrifying the movie is and we can describe it for you, but you need to see it. You need to mm-hmm. experience it with the characters. Like, yeah. there's so many scenes in this movie that, you know, it, like, I'm glad we're not going to touch on just because it's it adds to the experience of how scary everything is and everything mm-hmm. builds to, to to this. Everything in the movie has led to how it ends here yeah um so the three of the three filmmakers um now are down a man josh has been missing for a couple of days now uh Mm -hmm. you know they're they have a reasonable suspicion that he is dead Uh, Mm -hmm. pretty fucking reasonable suspicion he's dead they Um, have seen blood and everything yeah uh yeah (laughs) after a certain point you have to say okay well you know, the witch is gonna kill us. Um, yeah. But we had just have to keep moving. And uh, when they start to hear Josh's voice in the woods, they start, you know, they keep traipsing out there. Uh, Heather and Mike f- come across this weird house. You know, it harkens mm-hmm. back to the story of that guy um, back at the beginning of the movie. And he tells, I mean, Josh's voice is inside. Mike is running around. There's like children's handprints all over the walls. There's weird mm-hmm. symbols and writing and languages that don't exist. And all of it comes to a head when they're, they investigate the basement and Mike is attacked by some unseen force. Mm-hmm. Uh, and drops his camera. Yeah, in the classic, yeah, the, the found footage ending shot where the camera is just dropped. But unlike every found footage movie, you don't see what happens. Mm-hmm. It is left up to, you know, well, something happened to them. And yeah, I think that's where I kind of differ a lot with other found footage movies. When I say that, like, this movie's not schlocky, yes, it's real. Yes, it's scary in different ways than found footage movies usually are. There's no ghost. There's no, like, CGI anything. Nothing moves mm-hmm. on its own. Like, there are absolutely no practical effects or computer effects to portray what happens in this movie. Everything and is that was there. Um, that was actually done on purpose because they had two different aspects of the movie they ended up cutting out, one during the writing process and one during the filming, that would have led to you actually seeing something happen. Um specifically in earlier in the movie when they're filming out in the darkness for the first time they're so they're just looking around and screaming what the fuck was that and originally you were supposed to see 
a lady in a white dress walking away on the side of the frame, but they missed the shot. Um, they didn't have her in frame when they were filming it because they didn't know it was happening. <laughs> and the directors were like, you know what? That actually works a whole lot better than we didn't see it. We're going to keep that and move on. We're not reshooting this. Yeah. Um, and initially when they were first thinking about making this movie, they were thinking about at the ending, essentially having it show that it was the fishermen messing with them the whole time. And oh, that there was what? no witch. But they were like, you know what? That's a Scooby-Doo episode. We're going to yeah, be better than that. that fucking sucks. <laughs> I hate that. So Why luckily they, they ended the up going with this it. long. Yeah, right? Yeah, so luckily they ended up going with something kills both of them. And an eerily reminiscent way to the story of the man having a child stand in the corner while he killed another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, this movie ends there. That's that's it. That's it. The, Roll credits. We do know, yeah, we know from the opening credits that all three of them went missing. Uh, they're presumed dead, um, especially considering the footage that we've just seen. And mm-hmm. and that's it. People left theaters going, holy shit, someone needs to, like, call the police. Someone needs to get a hold of these people's families or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you're right. They're like, let's go get this fucking Blair Witch. And then they're like, oh, it's not real. Damn. They're, oh, it's <laughs> fake. Yeah. Oh, it's fake. What a well, shame. yeah, like, he- <laughs> Heather Donahue's mom received sympathy cards from people that oh thought her God. daughter was dead. <laughs> She's like on the couch, like what's that? And she's like, oh, another person sent money because you di- you fake died. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a ride! It's such an interesting, you know, experience for everyone involved too. Where you got to think like, well, you know, like it's kind of like you know, uh, with the green, not the Green Inferno, but a Cannibal Holocaust. There's that uh, famous movie uh, <laughs> that's all about um, <laughs> people getting murdered by cannibals in the Amazon and their whole world thought it was real so they put the director on trial for murder and they had to like have the actors come in and be like no we're alive it was fake (laughs) well and part of that was because in the actor's contract for that movie was that they essentially had to like disappear from the public eye for a year yeah and so they had to like come out of hiding (laughs) to be like no we're not dead (laughs) right (laughs) that's so funny man I mean, I would be so into that, too, if they were, I was an actor. I'm like, okay, you're going to, like, fake die. I'd be like, well, I'll, like, tell my family, and then I'll just, like, not show up for a while. And everyone's like, oh, fuck, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I mean, that's it. I mean, that's really all we got for Blair Witch. I was like, yeah, it's- there's, there's only so much we can say to help sell you on this movie, aside from this is one of the most well-known horror movies for a reason. It is a yeah. fantastic movie. And, I mean, it it's the reason why we have found footage movies. Uh, really, honestly, it's its its the first one and the best one, really, to like, yeah. capture that essence of someone found this footage of something horrible happening to somebody else. And it's real. Mm-hmm. It feels so real because it doesn't feel like it's trying to be a movie. It feels like I'm just watching. We're just watching suffer. people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're just, like, voyeuring into how they died. Exactly. Um, 
God. I mean, and I guess that's where growing up ends, doesn't it? Is you know, in, in <laughs> Death? the woods. Yeah. No. <laughs> Dying alone in the woods. Yep. You heard it here first, folks. That's where growing up ends. Yeah. And you usually, but, I mean, aside from witches, you tend to uh, die in the woods from uh, nature. Isn't that right, Danny? Yeah, you might even say you could die from animals out there, Matt. Yeah, I I think there's a couple animals out there that have, uh, you know, gobbled up a person or two. And uh, (laughs) maybe someone made a horror movie or two or 5,000 about it, especially if you're a shark. (laughs) Yeah. Truly. So we are proud to pronounce that as we have put da- we have put the growing up series to bed. We went, shh, okay, now that now that it's asleep, the grown ups can go downstairs and we can cover animal nightmares. We're gonna start covering some horror movies that are all about uh why humans maybe just aren't the best animals for killing things on the planet. Yeah, maybe they're superior predators. Yeah, maybe uh, giant sharks or a bunch of alligators or a huge anaconda or lions. I don't know. We'll see what yeah. happens. <laughs> so, yeah, and yes, next week we, we're going to be starting out that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we start that with one of the majors in the in the whole f- like concept, the one that essentially got us on this path at all. We're starting yeah, invent- with the blockbuster classic, Jaws. Yes, invented the summer blockbuster and almost single-handedly upped the endangerment of sharks everywhere. Yeah. Uh, however, it is an amazing movie. Um, it, again, just like with The Shining and this one, it's not only a testament to horror. Because, I mean, it's arguably a horror movie, um, but it's also mm-hmm. just a cinematic, like, historical milestone. Uh, yes. We'll get, all, we'll get into all about it next week. Um, I'm very pleased to have uh, Devin on the podcast. Um, I know she's a longtime listener. Um, it was great to talk about this with her. She, If she likes one thing, aside from my cousin Alex, who is her husband, it is sharks. <laughs> it is so, sharks. It was an honor and a pleasure to have her on the show. I can't wait to hear, to have everybody hear the, the episode, and I can't wait to start this new series. Yes. Yeah, we've got a lot of exciting things in the pipeline for you guys out there. Yes, I, you know, we've got, uh, I think, the next couple of episodes uh, after that as well, because after that series is over, we're going to be getting ready to start Spooktober for this year. Woohoo! And, and this year, our Spooktober has on. our, th- yeah, we have our theme picked out. Yeah. We'll keep Are that we a secret about for a little though? while. Okay, we're going to talk about a secret, we're going to keep it a secret. <laughs> okay, so you can follow our Instagram at the underscore square horror podcast. You can reach us at squarehorrorpodcast at gmail.com. I really hope everyone liked this Growing Up series. I hope everyone liked Growing Up with us. Uh, I certainly yes. had wanted to talk about a lot of these movies for a while, and we just didn't really have a good like theme to kind of cover a lot of them. So we just kind of went, mm-hmm. how about Growing Up happening? <laughs> yeah. I guess this is Growing Up. You know, up. <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> We already covered life, Danny. That was like two years ah, ago. Ah, damn it! You're right. <laughs> I was when I was at the bar the other night, though, with my with my professor. I I turned around and on the TV uh, at the Ritz was life. I'm like, ah, life. Yes. <laughs> oh no, no, sorry, not life. Uh, underwater. I'm thinking about life underwater. Fucking even better. <laughs> yeah, right. That one was fucking great. We covered that like the week before we covered life. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, we will be seeing y'all around soon. Uh, better get ready for a safari or two with us. 
Yeah, and until next time, you stay spooky out there. And don't throw away maps if you can't read them. Just admit you're stupid and give it to somebody smarter. Thank <laughs> you.